afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Notre Dame Stadium. Zivikowski trying to get to the outside. He has blockers in front. Time for Zivikowski. Belong to beat. Shakes it off. To the five and touchdown. And now it is down. It is over. And the Irish have knocked off number one Clemson. Brady Quinn looking. Pump fakes. He rolls to the near side. Throws it. It's caught by Samaja. Inside the 20. Inside the 10. He's going in. Notre Dame has scored. Jones is the back. He's got it again. And Jones a letter room. Tony Jones makes a cut. Gets a block. And scores. Is that the play that will seal the playoff bid for Fighting Irish? Welcome to Sons of Saturday. I'm Tyler Wojak. Alongside me, as always, is Luke Smith. And we're recording this on Sunday morning following Notre Dame's loss to the Ohio State Buckeyes 21-10 in the season opener. This is our first Sunday morning taping after a game. In the past, we usually released episodes on Tuesdays and Fridays during the season. But this year, we plan on releasing an episode every Sunday, the day after a game, and then another episode later in the week on Thursday to preview Notre Dame's next opponent, wrap anything up from the week in ordering football that we haven't talked about already. As for last night, we talked about this game for pretty much nine straight months, and there certainly is a lot more for us to talk about now that the game has passed, and we got our first real look at the 2022 Fighting Irish football team. We'll break down what we saw and how we're feeling about the team going forward. But before we get going, though, if you're watching us on YouTube, please like this video below and subscribe to our channel. And if you're listening to us on the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe there as well. This episode is sponsored by Haas Company, a lifestyle brand that's about being the best version of yourself. Be the Haas. The Haas lives life without reservations, without doubt, and ready to answer the call each and every day. Be sure to check out their website at bethehaas.com and use promo code SONS, that's S-O-N-S, for 15% off on your next order. Check it out. This episode is also sponsored by Roback. Shop game-changing activewear with Roback for those who crave activity. Use the promo code SUNSND to get 20% off your next order in the entire store at Roback.com. That's R-H-O-B-A-C-K.com. We've been really pushing their new Shamrock Polo, and we've already heard from a few of our listeners who use the promo code to buy it. We've heard nothing but great reviews. It looks good. It feels good. And you should get one yourself using the promo code SUNSND at Roback.com. All right. Let's get to it. Luke, you and I have talked about this before. Uh, Whenever Notre Dame loses the next morning, there's like a very specific type of hangover because of the loss. A lot of times it's because uh, we're actually hungover and the loss just sort of compounds the shitty feeling in our bodies. But that's not the case today, though. Uh, For me, at least, I worked all day yesterday for my day job covering college football at Fox Sports. And this feeling of dread is entirely due to the game and not alcohol. But I'll ask you... How are you feeling about the game now, now that you've had a chance to sleep on it? Pretty apathetic. Um, like, it kind of is what it is. I don't really know that I have a lot a lot of major takeaways here. Um, I thought, obviously, and we'll get more into this, I thought the defense looked totally fine, if not really good, outside of the one play where we blitzed two safeties. Um, and then the offense, I did not look good. Uh, the offensive line, those fears that I had about them were kind of realized last night. Um, it is just game one. Obviously, Jarrett Patterson didn't play, so we'll give him some time, but that was not great. Um, I don't really know what to make of Tyler Buckner's performance. I thought he was fine all in all and didn't really have a lot of help with the protection and play calling. Um, but, um, 
you know, at halftime when we were up 10-7, I turned to this, I was at a wedding, I turned to this guy, I'm like, this feels like the Georgia 2019 game. Um, Same like, score. We're only we're only throwing to tight ends, our receivers can't get separation, and it just seems like we're playing really kind of safe, scared, and we're hanging around. Uh, and we're winning the game, and I don't think we're going to be able to, you know, extend this lead. And we had our opportunities, and that's kind of exactly how it played out. Yeah, I think that's a frustrating thing for me is that Notre Dame had a lot of chances, and I just hate losing to Ohio State. Like, I figure we're going to get two chances yeah. at them. They are gonna... they are literally the worst fan base in sports. <laughs> I think I would I would rather be in jail than an Ohio State fan. <laughs> they like, are that might be the... the they're one of the worst teams to be a fan of. <laughs> they are certainly the most online of any fan base ever. I mean, they shout were out to fucking them. We, idiots. In we our got a lot of too. yeah, we got idiots. a ton of engagement from them, but like most of it was just ridiculous. And we have to beat them next year. Like enough is enough. I grew up in Cleveland, so I've got a lot of family ties to Ohio State. Um, a lot of family that doesn't like the family that doesn't care as much about football is the Ohio State fan side of the family, and. We just keep losing to them, so I really have nothing to say when I hear it from these Ohio State fans, and it is what it is. Like Right now, they're just a better program than Notre Dame. This team is better than Notre Dame, but it's still Notre Dame had their chances last night, and that was the most frustrating part about it is the entire sports world was focused on this game. We saw all the celebrities that were around on the sidelines. It was the biggest game of the day in college football. Game day was there. The whole world is focused on Notre Dame. And I thought, on one hand, yeah, it's great that we didn't just get run off the field like we have done in several other occasions when this was the case for Notre Dame and they were on this kind of stage. I can't really get excited about only losing by <laughs> yeah. 11. Like, we're we're past that. And don't get me wrong, there's still plenty of positives to take away from this game. And I, I picked Notre Dame to lose by two touchdowns, so this isn't really a surprise. But it's frustrating when you have these opportunities, you have a lead in the second half, and you just can't even get close to the finish line. I don't know. That I think that's what sort of bothered me the most uh the next morning. Yeah, um it's hard to get excited about the season in general, like to be honest. <laughs> like and 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 like that's not to say that I don't think they can still have a very good season. They can, but it's like you lose the first game, it's just it's really hard to come back from that. Like it just takes a lot of wind out of your sails and like They've won one big game our entire 25 or 26 years on earth. Like that's that's just, I'm just sick of this shit. Like stop fucking losing these games. <laughs> All right, let's before we get too down in the dumps here, I will say that this doesn't really change my perception of what this team is capable of doing this season. Fortunately, no. They've got 3 games in 4 weeks to sort of figure it out before their next real tough opponent, we assume in BYU. And I I think that's sort of where we can move on. It's like this game happened. We knew what Notre Dame was up against. Obviously, losing Jarrett Patterson, probably their second-best player on offense, showed itself in the game. The interior of the offensive line um, really took a beating, especially in the first half. But, again, we knew that Ohio State is probably going to be one of the top three teams in the country. Notre Dame certainly showed that they can hang with them. They've got a few more opportunities left on the schedule to show that they're a really good team. So does your preseason expectation change now, um, now that we've seen one game? No, not not really. Um, but it's not because of anything I saw or didn't see last night. Like last night, just felt kind of weird. Like it kind of felt like a feat. Like maybe it was because I wasn't there. Um, but like just like the concept of last night's game happening, it was just very hard to wrap my head around that. I don't know why that was. Like it, it snuck up on me. It was kind of a weird game. I felt like, um, and I just don't know if there's any tangible takeaways I can really have. So like, I don't know. Like like I said, like. 
I don't think we're going to learn anything about this team for a while. Like you, you mentioned BYU. They have a really good offense. Their defense is terrible. Um, we might not learn anything until Clemson, to be honest. And that's like in November. So, well, if we learn anything, uh, it could be bad. <laughs> like if we're learning, like yeah. after we're not going to learn know, anything good. So yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> I think that's probably a better way to look at it is like assuming, you know, if Notre Dame's struggling to move the ball on a North Carolina defense that gave up 61 points yeah. to Appalachian and State 40 and, in the fourth yeah. quarter. <laughs> then we might learn something that we really didn't want to know, and that might be Notre Dame's offense isn't that good. Now, I'm not there yet. I think Notre Dame's offense faced either the toughest or the second toughest test they'll face all season long on the road in a hostile environment in Tyler Buckner's first start. Notre Dame's offense only ran 48 plays, so it's really hard to take a lot from that. Now, on the defensive side of the ball, I think there are some really positive things we can say. Yes, we have to address this right now. Ohio State did not have arguably their best player, Jackson Smith and Jigba, on the team. Now, they still have plenty of other really good wide receivers. But the defense, and particularly the secondary, looked really, really impressive. And I'm going to assume that Isaiah Foskey and Jason Adamilola are going to figure it out. Because, let's be honest, I think last night was a pretty... Pretty disappointing performance, not just from those two, but really the entire defensive line, because we went into it thinking if Notre Dame's going to win, the defensive line has to be dominant. You and I both said probably the best position group on the team. They didn't play like it. Now, will that be the case the rest of the season? I don't think so. But overall, we have to be pretty impressed with how the defense played against an offense that we knew was super high powered. It was the first time in the Ryan Day era that they didn't put up double digit points in the first half. So I was pretty concerned about the defense, how they look going into it. I think that's the biggest takeaway I can take from this is Notre Dame's defense is probably a college football playoff level defense. Yeah. And I mean, you got, you mentioned it, like the, the big guys did not play big. Um, Foskey was pretty invisible. Ademolola didn't really do a whole lot. Cam Hart was pretty bad. Now I don't know how healthy he was or not. Um, but he did not look that good out there, and he got benched for a while. I saw, and I don't know if that was injury related or what. But um, you look at some of the other guys out there. I think Tariq Bracy had a great game. Clarence Lewis, I thought, played pretty well too. He is my guy, that's, so I'm going to. That's him big up for here. you. The, you you uh, started yeah. the Clarence Lewis revenge tour, the and game, after yeah. game one, I think he led the team in tackles. So far, so good. Yeah. Well, that might not be a good thing, but, um, but yeah. <laughs> that's actually then, not honestly, good when the, the quarter leads the team attack. Yeah. It's not great. The the I thought Benjamin Morrison looked really good for a freshman. He had 29 snaps, I think. Um, I think that was a little yeah. bit more than probably anybody expected. Uh, Maris Leofal, who it sounded like wasn't really healthy during camp, had a great game last night, I thought. So, yeah, there's definitely some positive. I mean, Brandon Joseph knocked Jackson Smith and Jigba out of the game. That's what you should do. So, um, like, there were, there were good things. Like, in that defense, certainly, um, it just would have been nice to have your star power show up a little bit. And because when you can get those performances that we got from some supporting cast players with your stars, then then I think you really have something. Yeah. Like, when you look back at Notre Dame, the Notre Dame-Clemson game in the regular season of 2020, Notre Dame stars – the guys they needed to play like stars, they did exactly that. Ian Book had the best game of his life. Jeremiah Usu kormoa probably had the best game of his life. So you got that from your best players, and then the complementary players, when they had really strong games, it just amplified Notre Dame was able to win. That wasn't the case here for Notre Dame, um, and that's disappointing. But again, it's a season opener, and I, I think that this team, what we saw last night is going to be a lot different than what we see, hopefully, you know, in November against Clemson. Now, I think we've, we've touched on it a little bit. The offense certainly struggled last night, and that was a concern. 
for for both of us going into the season, we knew we were thin at wide receiver. The offensive line, which you felt was going to be a strength, certainly didn't play like a strength last night. A uh, friend of the program, Greg Flamung, tweeted this out earlier today that Tyler Buckner was pressured on 39% of his dropbacks. That's even worse than the Florida State season opener last year when the line was really, really bad. And I obviously, Ohio State's defense is a little bit better. But for me, the, the biggest thing about the offense is when we, when we talked about this game going into it, we, we figured the, the way Notre Dame is going to win, we pointed to the Michigan game last year against Ohio State and the Oregon game saying, those teams were able to run the ball. Utah was able to run the ball. Notre Dame has to be able to run the ball really effectively in order to win. They didn't do that, and they didn't win. So looking at the offense, to me, I think is pretty simple. Now, obviously, Tommy Reese is partially responsible for that. He's back in the familiar role of getting criticized by the entire Notre Dame fan base. We can get into that. But specifically on the offense, where do you think it all went wrong in terms of the lack of production, and what do you take from this game? There's a couple things. Um, I think one being the, the line. like it just was The protection was not there. Um, I also think – so the play calling was certainly questionable, but I think we're hurt by the fact that we have – fucking four receivers um like i just don't really know what you can do like this was the other point that i was made why i was like that georgia game because pretty much all of our targets were to tight ends and then like what i think i'm trying to pull this up right now um well like if you look at our just our targets i feel like we barely threw to receivers at all um and like, i mean it was no there wasn't a rece- out of the backfield yeah i was just gonna say Mike, michael mayer had five catches lorenzo styles nobody had else had nobody else yeah. had more than a catch Styles yeah, had one, Lindsey had one, Salerno had one, and that was it from the receivers. Yeah, so I don't know what you're supposed to do there. Um, I, that's just really disheartening. Um, also, on the other side of the ball for Ohio State, uh, Tommy Eichenberg, brother of Liam, had the game of his life. Um, two sacks, six tackles. He was a guy that Notre Dame didn't recruit. They didn't think he was good enough to play for them, despite his brother being an All-American. I know it did not sit very well with his All-American brother. The Notre Dame never looked at him, really. Um, And it showed last night. He had the game of his life. So that was also awesome to see, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the Eichenberg revenge game, it it was on full display. I'm with you, the the receivers and the lack of production there. It's not, like, shocking to us. We knew what the team had. I will say it was a little bit frustrating that Lorenzo Styles, we go to him on the first play of the game with an easy throw and he breaks tackle. I think he's clearly yeah. one of the better I don't know why we didn't, on the offense. I don't know why we didn't do more of that. It didn't seem like we had a bunch of easy throws for Buckner to make. Like I understand no. the the line was getting pressure, but we weren't running many slants. We ran a couple screens, like some swing stuff to uh Mayor Tyree in the flat. But I would have liked to see Buckner get in a little bit more of a rhythm, getting the receivers the ball. But, you know, part of that is also on the receivers. They weren't really getting open. Michael Mayer was getting double teamed pretty much every time. And Notre Dame was in an obvious passing situation. And even sometimes early in the downs when he, they weren't. Now, again, we're recording this on Sunday morning. Haven't really had a chance to go back and look at the entire game again. But Notre Dame's receivers were going to have to win one-on-one battles. They got a couple. I mean, Matt Salerno made <laughs> One of the best catches. Then he followed that up later in the game with a kind of a crippling offensive PI call. Now, I would say that was a weak call. The ball was uncatchable. But uh, I think the the bigger thing there is that in two of our designed shots that we we're trying to take, we're, we're going to Matt Salerno <laughs> one-on-one. Yeah. Like that, yeah. That's where I mean, we're at. No, 
no, no disrespect, disrespect but that's to just Matt where Salerno. Yeah, yeah, like that's fucking ridiculous. It is. <laughs> I'm sorry, it just is. Like, like I, and the, I on the play yeah. where, on the play where he had the catch, I was I literally had the text crafted like seeing Matt Salerno on the field on third down is just a disgusting feeling. And then he made that catch, um, yeah. so I didn't send it. But but yeah, it's I don't know, man. It's um, it's just not very. They were not fun to watch last night, and like I just never really had any hope that they were gonna do something. Um, yeah, and I like. I don't think Ohio State's defense is that good. That's the problem. I really don't. Like they had a lot to to overhaul from last year. They played well last night, but I like I, I we should have been able to do more against them. Is my point. I like I, I don't. There there was too much overhaul for them to have that all fixed in week one and looking like a you know top five defense or whatever. Yeah, I think Notre Dame certainly made them look a little bit better than they were. But you got to give them credit. Like they're they're athletes were flying around. Their defense was very fast, and, and there's still some questions for them at linebacker, but their D-line was all over Notre Dame. And it could turn out, we'll obviously see these next few weeks, if Notre Dame just completely dominates these teams, which they, they should in Marshall and Cal. Mm-hmm. If Notre Dame just, their line figures it out and they come together and they start getting the push that we expect, then we can look at this game differently and say, okay, like Ohio State's defensive line was really good. They played better, and, and it makes a little bit more sense. Right now, we, we just don't know. So I think we have to talk about it wasn't really exciting to watch this Notre Dame offense, and I would agree with the fan base's frustration there. That one drive, the Notre Dame scoring drive, I have to say Tommy Reese was dialing it up. A lot of creativity there. The fake toss, the pass to Bowman in the middle. I thought the play calling there was really Really good, really fun, and that was what we expected going into the season. We, you and I talked about how excited we were to see what a Tommy Reese offense looked like with a guy like Tyler Buckner uh, under center. And then in the second half, it was extremely conservative, and particularly the second eighteen play following the pass interference and the third and eighteen play, the the QB draw was really frustrating. And I, I don't know what the call there was because on second 18, I think that might've been an RPO. Buckner gave it away when he probably shouldn't have on the third down. It looked like Buckner audible at the line of scrimmage. And then they ran the QB draw. If the calls were what they were coming from Reese down to the field and Reese called the QB draw. I, I think that's lame, but then it was just sort of like, a, all right, we're not even really going to try here. I understand you don't want to commit a turnover, but it's pretty disappointing. But we don't know if that was the case. Buckner might have given the ball up when he shouldn't have, and I think he might have audible to that draw. If that's the case, then we got to put the blame on Buckner there for being a little bit more aware of the situation and, and how the Notre Dame offense was. But really, what do you make of those two plays specifically? Because I think that's the one that fans look at the most when they're criticizing Reese and the offense in this game. I mean, I think you hit on it. We don't really know what it was. Um, I, I think it also goes back to what I said before. Like, it just seems like they're limited by their personnel. Like, they, they just, like, I, I don't know if he just doesn't believe in the guys out there or whatever it is because it just it kind of seemed like that. Like, because they didn't really do a whole lot to make things interesting. And I, I, I have to believe that they feel inhibited by what they have. Yeah, it, it's sort of reminiscent of Notre Dame's play calling against Oklahoma State where they forfeited the run game before the game even started similar to Georgia in 2019 where they're like we're not going to run at all this one it felt like we're not going to take any deep shots we're not going to really try to do anything on the outside that much we're going to try to ground and pound which was actually pretty effective for the first half Um, they kept the ball away from Ohio State the defense held its own I understand why that was the game plan but it became pretty clear 
absent of that one drive when Estimate kind of got it rolling and Notre Dame scored on that drive, the running game just wasn't there. I mean, they finished with what? 76 rushing yards? If you yeah, told me that before the game, and you said Notre Dame's going to have 76 rushing yards, I'm like, oh my God, we're going to lose 41 <laughs> to 3. So I, I get it. I understand why fans are frustrated with some of the play calling, but I don't really know how you can call a game that much differently when your line is getting abused, your quarterback is getting pressured pretty much every time he drops back or so it feels like you can't run the ball and your receivers aren't winning one-on-one matchups. I just, I don't really see what else is there to do. You know what I mean? It, it yeah, just I seems know. like, I don't know. Again, I, it wasn't, it wasn't fun to watch. Like when Notre Dame went down 21 to 10, it felt over right away. Well, somebody was like trying to have a really intense conversation <laughs> with me at that point in time. So I kind of missed that drive, which is probably <laughs> a good thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, at that point, I honestly was like, all right, just please don't let them score again. Like, we can't fuck up this cover. <laughs> um, <Yeah>. So <laughs> It sounded like uh, when Notre Dame trotted out our punter, hey, by the way, shout out Sot, dude. He, he got yeah. some use. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He really did. <laughs> he had that one-line drive punt that wasn't great, but he had a couple boots. So, I, I mean, it's good to know that – if we have some offensive struggles, we can at least have some faith in this Harvard transfer. So good yeah, for him. We've, I guess. we've this is we've said this like two years in a row, just talking about how fucking good our punter is. I'm tired of talking <laughs> about how good the punter yeah. is. Yeah, I, I think I think they asked Freeman after the game, like, "Hey, good punting," and he's like, well, "I mean, yeah, but it's that's not really good. It's not what I want to be talking about after the game." Yeah. Um, all right, let's talk about Buckner. Tough to really take any big impressions from this game. But in the first half, I was really pleased with how comfortable he looked running the offense in this really hostile environment, his first ever start. He opens the game eight for eight. Obviously, second half doesn't go that well. But I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I think Notre Dame has something in Buckner. I think he was totally fine. Didn't somebody text in our thread saying he blows? What a fucking idiot, whoever said that. Um, <laughs> we but we got some texts last night. And I, again, I'm not going to hold anyone to what they say after like probably 20 beers and the frustration after Notre Dame loss. Like I yeah, saw. I will. Uh, a lo- I will. <laughs> okay, well, I'm glad you're on top of it. Anyways, um, I think he was fine. Like, I don't think he was helped that much by play calling or protection, but. If you told me we don't turn the ball over and we hold Ohio State to 21 points, I think we probably win the game. Like, like actually, I definitely would have thought we won the game. And both of those things happened. So, um, yeah, I thought he was fine. Like, I'm excited to see how he looks these next couple of weeks. Like, I'm, I'm really hoping that now, like, this whole thing with Freeman is they just pour it on people the next three weeks. Like, put up 70 on Marshall. Put up 60 on Cal. Just fucking run them out of the gym field sorry not gym but you get what I'm saying like just run them out of the gym uh and that's what I'm hopeful to see and like when you're more talented than somebody show it and I think that's what we're gonna see the next couple weeks uh so we'll see how he looks but like I was totally fine with that um it really wasn't the game anybody expected I think 21 to 10 I don't think anybody would have predicted that score so um yeah I don't know just kind of a weird night in central Ohio yeah, it, it was definitely weird. Season openers are usually it looks, weird. It looked like it was. It looked like it was raucous there. I mean, so the yeah. sound wasn't really on where I was watching, um, but like it looked like the place was jumping. It was just a sea of red. We need to do a better job with that at our own home games with the green because we've never had anything like that. No, I, and I, I'm going to be honest. I feel pretty nervous next year about that home game against Ohio State. I have, I'm, I'm concerned <laughs> we're going to be seeing a whole lot of red in yeah, the Rams Stadium again. Yeah. 
106,000 people. That's just insane to me how many people were at that Is that, that what game, it was? But, yeah. And uh, by all accounts, Notre Dame fans showed out. Uh, I got some texts from some Ohio State friends who said that, like, they were impressed with the amount of Irish fans in Columbus. So that's good. I just hope that all those fans don't sell their seats next year at the well, home game. Yeah. And we can keep it. I just, got a, I just got a text from a friend uh, in Columbus who took a Greyhound from Chicago to Columbus. And uh, his Grey- Dedication, Greyhound man. his Greyhound back just got canceled. So he's stuck <laughs> in Columbus. <laughs> Dude, uh, did you see? I don't know who has it worse, your friend or Utah, because after they got upset in Florida, their plane wasn't working. So they were stuck in a Gainesville airport all night. That's terrible. Well, so at least they weren't stuck worse. in the ele- stuck in elevators like the Virginia Tech coaching staff, which talk about dumpster fires, losing to <laughs> Old Dominion in the season opener. Yikes. Yeah, that was that was tough. Uh, when I was in Vegas a few weeks ago, I mean, the Sunday after a Vegas trip is always just a top five worst day of the year. And there was a fake shooting at the Vegas oh, yeah. airport. A there was swatting. a lot. A loud bang, and someone yelled guns, so it sent the entire airport into chaos, caused me to miss my flight, so then we had to get rent a car and drive from Vegas to L.A., so that was another just terrible day. So I don't uh, – just a lot of really bad Sundays lately for a lot of us. All right, let's get back on track. I think we've hit on all the major things. Offense wasn't great. Now we're going to have a chance here to really learn about Marcus Freeman because he's 0-2 as that coach. That's a fact. Now he's 0-2. Uh, against two top 10 teams. So obviously context must be taken into account here. But now Notre Dame plays Marshall next week. Like you said, they should absolutely run it up. And I, I, I'm i going to be really interested to see how Marcus Freeman attacks this week. I have a feeling that the uh, the side of Marcus Freeman that doesn't always come through in the media, the one who was raised by a military father who was waking up at 5 a.m. and very drill sergeant mentality, I think that's going to come through this week. And I'm going to be honest, I don't envy those Notre Dame football players because I have a feeling practices this week and film, they're not going to be a whole lot of fun. I hope not. I hope it's fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we get before we wrap up here, I feel like we should spotlight some really positive performances because there were definitely some on Notre Dame, and I, I want to highlight them. For me, the first one we got, we got to mention, you mentioned it before, is Benjamin Morrison. I mean, holy shit. Ashton came on last week and said – that the freshman corners were probably two of the most impressive people in camp. She said Morrison and Mickey could each get like 20 snaps, and I sort of pushed back thinking that was crazy. It was apparently not. Morrison not only played 20 snaps, he might be the best corner on the team. Like, maybe not today, but he's really good. And if Mickey, yeah. and if he becomes a player that we think he can be, that cornerback duo of Morrison and Mickey, that has the potential to be the best quarterback two they've had in what the since the Shane Walton Vontez Duff days, <laughs> probably yeah yeah no definitely I was very impressed with with how he looked last night and we haven't had a good secondary in a while so um so yeah that that's definitely you know promising I mean we mentioned Tariq Bracy too like he's playing like a fifth year senior um did DJ Brown like not play that much last night by the way this is just a random aside I didn't. I felt like I didn't see I saw, him a I ton. saw Houston on the field way too much. <laughs> see, again, this is sort of the bad thing about going the morning after, but we wanted to give like sort of an instant reaction to this. If he was on the field, he was sort of invisible. There was never a moment where yeah. I was like, wow, DJ Brown, great play. 
but I don't know really what to make of that. Yeah, All I know is that I saw Griffith on the field for the touchdowns, so that's and uh, the course that play uh, when Williams and Ohio State when he stepped out of bounds, but there was like eighty yards of green in front of him. Notre Dame caught a huge break there. That was Griffith and the missed tackle. DJ Brown had two tackles. Uh, Griffith okay. had four. Joseph had four. So, yeah. I, I also thought Estime, he runs hard. He's hard to bring down. He was getting tackled pretty much the moment he got the ball on all yeah. of his carries. So it was encouraging right. to see him. Buckner running the ball looked pretty good. I think Ohio State just has really good athletes on defense, so Buckner was nev- never able to get the edge. I would assume that when Notre Dame plays Marshall and Kyle, he's going to be able to get the edge. But um, I don't know. Any other performances really stand out to you? Um, you know, no, not really. Um, it's hard to glean a lot from the offense. Like, yeah, I thought Estimate ran hard. The stats don't really reflect that, but um, I thought he did. There's just not a whole lot. I mean, Michael Mayer was what we thought he would be. I also honestly thought they could have targeted more. Uh, it seemed like he was open every play. Like, I thought they could have given him the ball a little bit more, um, to be honest with you. That one catch he had where he then fumbled and recovered his own fumble was an incredible catch. Um, so, But that's what you expect, right? Um, he's the one guy that kind of did show up last night of the stars. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm kind of eager to see just what when Jarrett Patterson's going to be back, what that line looks like with him because uh, – they could have used him last night. <laughs> Certainly so. I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see him until BYU. You think so? I, I, I was going to say UNC, but... UNC, uh, actually, that's probably a good point. I don't know. It, yeah. It's hard to say. Now that the Ohio State game is passed, do you say, all right, like right, let's wait until you're 100%, or do you just try to get him on the yeah. field as quickly as possible to try to I, get I, some cohesion among yeah. that group? I think you do need to get him to 100%. Um, I'm just kind of curious where he's at because, like, he was suited up last night, and, like, I I don't know. Yeah, I just don't know. But I, I think I think you try to get him as healthy as possible first. Yeah. All right. Um, you got any final thoughts on this game before we wrap it up? Right. Um, no. I, all I got is being an Ohio State fan would be fucking miserable. Those guys are <laughs> fucking losers. Um, but that's all I got. Well, I'm sure they'll hear you and be in our comments, or maybe now that the game is over, they moved on to their next opponent, but I guess we'll just have to find out. Um, All right, that'll do it for this episode of Sons of Saturday. Thank you for watching or listening from wherever you are. We will be back again on Thursday. In the meantime, please subscribe, rate, and review on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts, and give us a follow on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Sons of Sat Irish. Enjoy the holiday weekend, and we'll see you guys in a few days. (laughs) 